0: If you've got your Bible, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, 12, yeah, 12, 1 Corinthians 12. I had an an incredible opportunity, which I love doing, to speak to Karis Bible College yesterday. And uh, I I just began to share what was on my heart for them, and once I got done, I, I just felt like you know, I needed to tie what the Lord was giving me for, for today, and kind of put these things together. And we're going to talk about perfect love here in just a minute. Uh, but before we do, I just want to give you what was motivating me to, to even begin the thought process of what what to talk about today as we, as we, uh, as we pursue the Lord to be transformed. Right. We're, you know, in, in the last weeks, we've been talking about we're going to be we're becoming people who are better and better at moving from a place of responding in fear to responding in faith. We we want we want to cast out fear. Love the song, man. That's now that is now my favorite song. Right this second, I mean, it's just like, ugh. so from fear to faith, from fear to faith, and we're just going to talk about how to do that, what that looks like, what God's expectation is, as we do. So I'm gonna chase a lot of rabbits. Y'all gonna to have to track with me today. All right, so you're gonna to have to focus. So when somebody walks in and out, you're gonna look at me, not them. Okay? Because we're going a lot of places. When you think about scripture and you think about the Bible, what we want to accomplish at Eastside Church is we want we want to think about what God intended for the church. We we want to think about what does He expect the church to become, and we want to begin to order our our systems and our structure and our staffing and our messages and our music around that thing that will make us do that more effectively so we're not, we're not taking a culture and we're not taking um, you know, circumstances or situations and trying to enable a group of people to somehow not be offended and try to transform them into this thing. We're taking the thing that God wants us to be and working from there backwards and saying it doesn't matter what our culture is, we're going to be like what God said be. And that's what we're going to preach and teach, right? I think it's the fastest way to get there. And so <clears throat> I was talking to somebody this week. And the Lord gave me this analogy that I just think is amazingly good, um, and it and it can just be applied to so many different things in life. But today, this morning, I want to apply it to the Christian life, being in relationship with Jesus, and especially if you're in relationship in a marriage, or you know, you're in leadership, or. Or, you know, you're you're really serious about your walk with God. I think this analogy is going to help you understand why maybe you're in the place that you're in. The analogy is, has anybody ever played baseball? Anybody ever seen baseball on TV? Keep your hands up. Anybody, known anybody to ever watch baseball on TV? Okay, that's everybody in the room. Praise the Lord we got that done. Well, one of the one of the most effective hits in baseball is a slice down the right field line. I mean, what 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 especially from an outside pitch or whatever it might be. We don't need to get technical. But you can hit the ball and the right fielder's in right field and that ball is slicing toward the corner. It is one of the most effective uh hits in baseball because it's hard to catch that ball's curving it's generally going fast it's a line drive if it gets by the right fielder and lands in bounds it can go to the corner which gives you the opportunity to at least get a triple they have been inside the park home runs from line drive slices to right field but you certainly can get a triple now when you start thinking about the things that everybody's still with me, that's not a sports fan. Now you can you can tie this into to the things that are are spiritual in your life and your and your walk with God like this. This is what what I see. I see so many people that you you may even know the word. You you, you may even have some semblance of some passion uh, for the things of God, and you're on a growth spurt, and 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 there's some success. In other words you actually have the ability to hit the line, drive, slice to the right field. But 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 what we see and what people see and what the world sees and maybe what God sees is, is you hit that ball to the right field and instead of taking advantage of, of the hit and actually getting a triple out of it, you walk to first base. And you say... I'm satisfied with first, when the potential in the kingdom is third. Is is that making sense to you? I mean, you're even doing some of the things of God, but there's so much more. That's why he he says there's every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. The whole idea of being the church is so that the Spirit of God would manifest in our midst. That's the, that's the whole reason for the church. We're gonna see that in just a minute. That the manifestation of the Spirit of God would happen in our midst. And, and we do things, we do things to, to begin to press into God, but we just walk to first. And God says, I want triples. I want effort. I I want you to get the most out of what you're doing that's absolutely possible. I want to see you prosper in everything you do. I want to see you victorious. And so here's, 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 here's the picture that I got in my mind. It's kind of a crazy picture and you just take it for whatever it's worth. You hit the ball in right field and there's great excitement at your potential to get a triple. And all of a sudden, You're standing there watching, and you decide that you're going to walk. And so you start walking the first. As you begin to walk, the Lord your God says, Run! 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 And you say, Lord, I'm I'm good. I'm safe. I, I got first. I got it. I'm good the Lord's going, wow, wow, there's so much more. There's so much more I want you to have. But you're just not willing to do what it takes to experience it. Yeah? Good analogy, isn't it? We can see that in ourselves. It's really easy to see in other people. but we see that in ourselves. A lot of people walk in the first, in there. And so as I begin this message, I want to begin it from the place of 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, which there are a couple of thoughts that that this particular verse has in it that, that 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 I just want to lay hold of as we move into Corinthians, which is going to be the whole manifestation of the Spirit of God and how that evolves around love and how, how how important that is. But 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 says this, "'Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands.'" Did you hear that? Let me, let me repeat that because there's something here that I think is very, very important that we understand because it's kind of weird. He says, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you. Who stirs it up? Timothy did. You do. We do. We stir up the gift. How did the gift get there? Through the laying on of my hands. There's this idea of impartation that is written in this verse that seems kind of weird when we think about imparting something on somebody. You know, one of the things that we taught, uh, it's been a while, but we taught, you know, if you've ever been healed of something, you have an anointing to actually pray for people and they'd be healed of that thing because you've already been healed of it. So obviously, if you've got heart trouble, you need to come to me. (laughs) because <laughs> i cause i've been healed of uh, some heart issues now i know people in our congregation have been healed of lupus you know i, I know i know there's a lot of people healed of cancer back back issues um, uh, you know joint issues there's all kinds of things eye issues there's all kinds of things that, that we've been healed of but but and, and there's a laying on there's an impartation so so don't discount that when you see that on some kind of something, and you go, "Ah, oh, I don't know about that see that that is that that's fear instead of faith it's disguised, but you you're scared something evil's going to jump on you if you buy into some kind of thing about impartation, and that's not moving in faith then it, then it says this. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind now what what you have to understand about this word power its come from the it, the Greek word is dynamos, the same word we get dynamite from, and it actually means this: it means strength, power, or ability so he he's given you strength, power, and ability. Yeah. To, to have victory and success in every area. Now let's, 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 let's talk about what else it means. It has, it, it has this idea of inherent power. Power residing in anything by virtue of its nature. By virtue of its nature. Or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. It, it comes from deep within. Power for performing miracles. Moral power and excellence of soul. The power and influence which belongs to riches and wealth. there goes your prosperity gospel again. That God wants you victorious. He wants you to prosper in things. And so there's this dynamite. Now, it says, but in this power, this this supernatural strength and ability because of the person that lives within you, He's given you this power, and He's also given you uh, the spirit of agape. That, That word for love is agape. It is a love that you are unable to produce without the power of God. Without the grace of God, you cannot and do not have the ability to produce agape because God is agape. You can brotherly love all day long. But you can't agape love, without God. And so he's given you this power, and he's given you agape, and he's given you a sound mind. That actually means the ability to walk in sober-mindedness, in moderation, in everything. He's given you the ability to have sober judgment. Supernatural power to do the miraculous in the love of God with sound-mindedness. In other words, not being cuckoo, <laughs> not being crazy, not being, not, not being out there. Last week we were leaving the service, and somebody told me that the Lord gave them a word and says, you know, you're going to walk in my peace. I'm going to be with you, and you're going to be able to walk in peace. You're always going to walk in peace, because anything that doesn't bring you peace you're going to know this, not me. Jesus said in John 14:27, "Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you, not as the world gives, do I give to you? Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There's just no room for fear. In First John 4:18 and 19 it says, "There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. Because fear involves torment and God doesn't torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us, which leads us into the message. In John, I mean in First Corinthians chapter twelve, Paul is writing to the church and he's trying to get across to the church that that thing that I talked about in the minute. This is what I expect the church to be. I expect the church to be operating in the miraculous. I expect the church to be operating in the power of God, in the love of God with sound mindedness. Right? Right? So he so he so he begins to talk about spiritual gifts. And he and he and he just says, um, he says in verse uh verse one, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to those dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore I make known to you that no one uh No one says uh, Jesus is accursed and no one can say Jesus is Lord except with the Holy Spirit. And then he goes on. Therefore, there are diversities of gifts but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of ministries but the same Lord. Uh, And I just want to just... Read this particular aspect. I don't necessarily want to get into all the gifts at this moment, but I want you to hear this this line. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Say that with me, for the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And so the, the whole idea of the church in operation should be the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. Now let, let me just m- make sure that you understand that there's nothing you can do, uh, that the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is not something you can do in your own power. It's just not. Now when you impart something on somebody you lay your hands on them and Paul imparted to Timothy. It was the word of the Lord. It was a prophetic word of the Lord over Timothy. If it were not it would not have manifested anything and there would be nothing to stir up. And people can make stuff over you and nothing be imparted but when it's the word of God and it's imparted it will take root. It will do what it was sent to do. And there's a difference because people can say anything they want to. But but if it's the word of the Lord, it's going to do what it was said. If it has a prophetic edge to it, it's going to do what it was sent to do. And so there's a manifestation of the Spirit, and it takes the Holy Spirit, the grace of God, what we're filled with, to supernaturally walk in all the spiritual gifts. Now there's several different kinds of spiritual gifts that operate all the time in this body of believers that I'm just going to mention and kick on because it's something that we need to be doing. It needs to be the identity of the church. One of them is the word of wisdom. That is a supernatural ability by the power of the Holy Spirit to be able to come up with creative solutions to problems that people are having. And when I say that, it's, it is a supernatural vision, dream, something God places on you that brings a solution to something that you just can't think of on your own because you're a good engineer or an architect. You know, it is, it is the kingdom solution that's going to bring about kingdom fruit to a situation. It's supernatural. It's only done by the Spirit. Another one is a, a word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is the supernatural dropping in of information that you shouldn't have. It is God saying, boom, here's something about this situation that you need to know so that you can begin to minister in this, or I want you to say this to somebody. And that has all these kind of things kind of mirrored together. Prophetic words, the same thing. Here's, Here's a word, but it's supernatural. It's not something that you, it's not just a gut feeling. It's not just, mm, you know, I, I think. It's not opinion. Let me let me give you some examples. There are oftentimes, and you've heard me say this before, that we're praying for people up front. And and, and I said this yesterday, so I'm gonna use it again. So somebody comes up for prayer and they say, you know, my Aunt Sue's got an ingrown toenail. We need to pray for that. And you know, and and um uh um, the other day, you know, I had a flat tire, and 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 somebody came down the road, and and I met them, and I need to pray for that, and they need to be prayed for, and yeah, that's what I need prayer for. And you say okay, I mean, because you, you know you want to pray for what people want to pray for, right? When you stand there, you got your hands on them, and all of a sudden, the, the Lord says, you, you know, um, have have. Does this make any sense to you? And then you give them this information that you sh- you shouldn't have. Do, do do you do you have a pro? Were you abused as a child? Do you have the the da da? The, 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 and they say, yeah and you say the lord wants to break you away from those chains. He's telling me right now that he wants to break those chains off for you so you never have to live in shame again. Blah, blah, blah. And then whatever happens, the lord just comes over this person and it, blah, but they came up for a, a ingrown toenail. Right? That's a word of knowledge. And you can and you can pray you can pray over people, that is a supernatural manifestation of the Spirit. That is the the nature and the culture of the church. That's what makes the church the church. Otherwise, we're just like every other religious organization, we're dead. What makes the church the church is the supernatural manifestation of the Spirit of God. Right? Right? And so he, he's saying, all, all this is going to happen. And the, what you need to be being about is that manifestation of the Spirit of God. And then after he goes through all these and he gives some definitions and talks about how it works and how it works in unity, he gets to thirteen. Now, now chapter 13, you have to understand this is a continuation. Paul hasn't taken a breath. He had not even breathed from 12, 13, and 14. We separate it out and intellectually digest it. Paul doesn't do that because Paul is talking about in the church, you're in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't die for you so you won't go to hell. Jesus died for you so you could be back in relationship with the Father. Back in relationship with the Father, indwelled by the Spirit of God so that you can manifest the nature of God with power. Right? That's salvation. That is the church, and he's talking about this. And in mid-sentence, he just stops cold turkey and says, gets into 13. Now, what we do as the church is we do weird things like Read this passage of Scripture at weddings. You've heard me say this before, most likely. It's a beautiful wedding thing. It's all about love. But he's not just talking about love for weddings, although it's probably pretty good to manifest agape in your marriage, right? It's probably a pretty good thing. But but that's not what he's talking about. Let me read it from the New Living Translation. If I could speak in languages of of earth and of angels, but not love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I could understand all of God's secret plans and and possessed all knowledge, and if I, I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. So he's saying this supernatural manifestation of God can happen wrongly. And when it happens wrongly, then it, is, it does more harm than good. People get a bad taste in their mouth about church and about Christians. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Nothing. And then he goes on and says, love is patient and kind. It's not jealous or boastful. And what you have to understand and this word for love is agape. Agape is patient and kind. Agape is not jealous or boastful. And remember, you can't operate in agape on your own. It's not rude. It's not proud. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wrong. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Whenever the word of God wins out, love never gives up, it never loses faith, it's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And so he's, he is talking about this love that we have to operate in, and this agape love. Now, when you understand that it's only by grace, the power of God, the dynamos of God, that you can actually accomplish this feat, there, there comes this place where you have to understand that you're in relationship with God, and it's in that relationship that you learn to experience the Gothay love. I'm about to read 1 John, or I might have already read it. First John, yeah, I read 1 John just a minute ago. It says, you, 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 haven't, you, you don't get this love thing because you haven't understood the love God has for you. And it's all about this relationship with God. And so theres it's impossible for you to love with agape love if you haven't received agape love. And so in the relationship with God, you've got to understand that he agape you, that he doesn't look at you with reproach. He's not disgusted with you at all. He wants the best for you. He, he wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He wants the manifestation. He wants you to take third. right and he he, he he wants you prosperous in everything you do and if you really don't really believe that that there's condemnation and there's shame it's going to be impossible for you to love people in a way that you have never received love that's what john says That's what he says in 1 John. He says, there's no fear in love. You're not fearing anything. But perfect last cast out fear because there's no torment. But he who fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. That's how we're able to love him the way he loves us. Because we've actually received his love. And so it's a relationship thing. And Paul said, listen, the church is supposed to be operating In a place where there's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit with power. And God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of faith. He gave us a spirit of power and of agape. And Paul writes in Corinthians 12 all these things are available to the church. You could take third, but you're stopping at first. You could take third. I've got all this available for you but you got to do it in love or it's nothing is it's useless and the only way you can do it is my power working in you and so there has to be effort to 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 establish relationship with me enough that you understand how much I love you that you understand how much you're forgiven, that you, that you understand how much I'm for you and not against you, that you understand that if I'm for you, who else can be against you that makes any difference? You see, we first have to understand the love of God and begin to move in the power of God in that love, in that agape, sharing that agape, so that when the manifestation of the gifts happen, it actually brings kingdom and they go together. They go together in power, love, and soundness. They go together in spiritual gifts and love. And what's really wild is in 14, you see it's one conversation. In 14, Paul starts off in 14. Let me, you, let me give you the pathway to success. See, oftentimes what we do is we pursue the gifts. And that's, that's, not, that's not what he says. The pursuit is agape. The pursuit is love. The pursuit is understanding the love of God for you and then, and then receiving the, the d- dynamos, the, the power to actually express agape as you move in, in the gifts. Because he says, here's, here's, your, here's your formula. Pursue love and desire that the manifestation of the Spirit happen in your life, but especially that you bring the Word of the Lord. It was a word, and I think you kind of wanted to tag team that with Aaron's. It went right it went right together. We got Wednesday night from UD that said, you know, if you find yourself in a place where you feel like you're you're failing or you have failed because of choices and decisions you've made. The word from UD from the Lord was don't, don't continue to live in shame understand the agape love of God and know that he's standing there saying, come back, come back. I, I, I want you to take third. Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you don't understand what, what, I, what I can put in you, what I can do through you. He always takes what the world thinks is failure and manifests his glory through them. So it really qualifies you for incredible things. Said, "Come back. Don't matter whether it was your fault or not. Just come back to me and start praying about those things." You know, when when you were quoting that verse, "the the prayers of a righteous man availeth much." You know, we're made righteous by the blood of Jesus, but but we're also empowered. To live in righteousness. It's not that he just tolerates us now, right? So we have the we have the power to overcome sin and death in our lives by the power of God that's working in our lives, and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit is is that redeeming path that and that testimony that we have along with the supernatural stuff that begins to pour out. And so how do you get it? Pursue love. Pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts. Pursue love. Desire the manifestation of the spirit. Yeah. Simple message, isn't it? Simple message. Impossible to accomplish in your own flesh. So let me ask you a question. Do you have the spiritual prowess to hit a slice to the right field fence? You probably do if you're at Eastside Church. (laughs) But too many of us are walking the first. Let's run to third. Yeah? Let's have incredible expectation of what God wants to do. And let's be willing to put the time in with Him to understand agape so that we can be people who who bear that out everywhere we go. And the manifestation of the Spirit of God will be all over everything we do. And then We can lay hands on people and impart spiritual gifts. Ah, I'm excited about that. Y'all, why don't we stand for closing prayer? Hmm. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you. Through the laying on of hands. For God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, that you want to reveal to the world that you're alive and not dead. That you want to manifest your glory through your church. And we've heard word after word after word challenging our position. You didn't give us... Um, you, you said if, if you're lukewarm, if you just are satisfied with first, if you're lukewarm, I, I want to spit you out of my mouth. There is something about the idea of being fully devoted that matters to you, fully devoted, in every way, sound-minded, sober, making sure that we are aligning with the Word and the ways of God. Father, I thank you for your revelation. I thank you, God, that as we go, as we leave today, that you're going to give us place after place after place where your thinking is not like our thinking, where your way is not like our way. And, Father, you're waiting on us to take third in that area, to get to know your love, to expect and, and, and desire the manifestation of the Spirit To be able to speak the word, the prophetic word, over that situation and see it come to pass. Father, you're going to do it all over this place. You're going to do it all over this place. May we be attentive as we serve you. I thank you for that. I pray in Jesus' name. And Everybody said amen.